Hey, everybody. This is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 139 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. Uh, today is a travel day for me. Uh, I'm me and uh, my best friend. He he actually doesn't train jujitsu. I don't know if I even tell you guys about him ever. I think the last time he made an appearance on the show and things I was talking about was when we were talking about uh, the best way to wash your gi. Uh, my best friend owns laundry mats and um, uh, is going on a business trip to Chicago. And so I get to uh, ride with him. It's just like a day. So I'm going to get some good training sessions. Hopefully I'm going to train at Seraphin Jiu-Jitsu um, with Jeff Seraphin on Wednesday. And then I'm going to do New Breed with, uh, well, Mark Beavis' team, Mark's out of town, because uh, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today, I did learn from Mark how to travel and uh, how to travel and be yourself, how to travel and perform, right? Uh, whether that means training or competing, um, but how to travel and get the most out of why you're there, whether it is competition or whether it's to do drop-ins at certain gyms it's to get cross-training. Uh, and I'm going to give you guys all my opinions on cross-training, how you should do it, why you should do it, why you shouldn't do it, uh, and in all of that stuff in just a second. Um, but like I said, I'm getting to travel today. And so that's what's fresh on my mind uh, as I'm as I'm packing up or I'm grabbing my bags that are already packed uh, because I've been traveling so much lately. You just, you know, you have to be as efficient as possible. And we will get into that uh, as we get into this episode. Uh, but just like I was saying, I'm going to be in Chicago this weekend in August, um, right after the Chicago Open, I think the Chicago Open is the 12th and 13th. I will be in August from like the 12th to the 22nd, probably. And I will be there to train and there to teach nothing else and record podcasts. Of course, I have a few people who I'm going to do some in-person podcasts with. Uh, I got a new in-person podcast set up coming. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, but this trip in August uh, is going to be, it'll be the longest ju purely jujitsu trip that I've ever taken doing 10 days straight of just trying to train and just trying to get better. Um, but if you guys are in the Chicago area and you want to get some training with me, uh, you can always message me and see where I'm going to be at uh, during each session. Um, but also if you are someone who owns a school or knows someone who owns a school that you think would be a good fit for me, a good place to host me to uh, teach a seminar or to teach uh, just a special class or something like that. Or even if you wanted to get a private lesson from me and your coach was cool with me coming in and you're in the Chicago area, I would love to do it. And so uh, that is just a long way of saying if you're in Chicago and you are wanting to train with me or learn from me august 12th through the 20th is the way to do it try to get me scheduled and start to reach out to some gyms that i know to try to get some seminars uh, but if not send me a message and uh, we'll try to get you guys i like i said i'll be there for 10 days and it'll all be about training there is no way that i can't hit every place that wants to have me and i uh, can't get good training there uh, so without further ado let's get into this episode on travel Before we get into the episode, 
Hey guys, Josh here, just in case you didn't recognize my voice. But anyway, before we get into the episode, if you guys have not done it yet, give me a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening to this show on. If you're watching on YouTube, give me whatever you're supposed to give me, a like, a comment, a subscribe, uh, whatever you're supposed to do on YouTube. But uh, regardless, give me some type of feedback letting me know how much you guys are enjoying the show and how much you are getting out of this free content. Uh, I cannot keep producing free content unless I'm getting five-star reviews because that is what is boosting my brand and helping me reach other people just like you and help them suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. So I won't ramble on. Give me that five-star review whenever you get a chance. Whenever you're free, I get it. You're busy. You're listening to the podcast in traffic right now. It would be impossible for you to pull out your phone and then press two buttons and take five seconds and give me a five-star review. But that's all I have for you guys. Let's go ahead and jump right in to the episode. All right, guys. So usually when I do a podcast, uh, they always have, especially lately, maybe in the last 30 episodes, I try to focus on the name a little bit more because the name matters. People click on a name because it's exciting, right? Um, That's why blitzing was such a big episode. Obviously, the content was there, um, but I think that there have been content like blitzing in a few other episodes that maybe people haven't heard because the title just wasn't good enough. Um, So just letting you know, a lot of times I will have a working title, which is the the real point that I'm trying to get across. And then I'll have the title of the episode, which is what gets you guys a lot of times to click on the episode. Uh, So really what the name of this episode for me was um, the simplest travel for competition and training guide. And uh, that's really what we're going to look at today. We're not going to look at every single thing that goes into jujitsu competition uh, or jujitsu cross training when you're traveling, regardless. Uh, We're not going to go into every single thing. We're going to keep it really simple and we're going to keep the ideas broad. Uh, What that does, if I give you guys too specific, if I said, this is exactly what I do, this is exactly what the head nod team does, uh, you guys should do it too. It might not fit you guys. There are probably certain things that we do that you guys don't do, certain things that we eat, um, how much sleep we're getting, whatever, right? There are always going to be variables. And so if you have the big ideas, a lot of times you end up uh, in better shape than if I just said, hey, download this free plan for for travel, right? Because I could be wrong, you know, like I could be right about 90% of the stuff on this episode, but if I'm wrong about 10% and if you take everything I say as gospel, uh, you may be failing because of that 10% or you may be not optimizing because of that 10%. And so uh, just like this episode with anything else I ever say on the show, understand I could be wrong. And most likely, I'm at least a small percentage wrong, okay? I don't know what I talk about on the show that is 100% right, that is 100% absolute. And that's a beauty of jujitsu is there are no absolutes. I always will tell my students, okay, if you guys ask me a question, uh, and then you ask me that same, and I give you an answer, you ask me that same question five years from now, I'm going to give you a totally different answer, especially if it's jujitsu related. Um, I may keep the same opinion on something else for five years that I don't care about as much, but when it's jujitsu, my opinion 
my answer will change within those five years. It will, um, even if the technique is the same, my, the way I answer it may be different. Uh, but that is not to say that I am wrong when I answer that way. Um, the first time, right? When I answered three years ago, I might be right both times. I could just be a little more right or, or help you understand a little bit better on that second time, right? Um, and I could talk 10 people, the same, a group of 10 people could ask me a question right now and then five years from now. And maybe the answer I give right now is great for five of them, but the answer I give five years from now is great for the other five, right? Uh, so just understand anything I talk about on the show, uh, it, it, it's always going to come off in an absolute, right? I'm speaking very confidently because it's things that the way that I understand them, I'm really just talking about my thought process and how I think about and approach travel or a competition match or around at the gym or whatever, right? Whatever situation. Uh, so I'm just giving you my opinion. Sometimes you get should get your interest sparked by something I talk about on the show. And maybe you go, I'm going to listen to some more podcasts on this. Uh, Josh doesn't travel full time compared to some of these other people. Uh, they probably have some better thought on it. They probably have some things that might be helpful. And so, uh, yeah, just thinking in those terms of out of everything I'm going to tell you guys, this is how I view it, but it could be wrong. Part of it could be right. Part of it could be wrong, right? Uh, let's get into it. So the first thing that we'll look at, we'll break down um, traveling to train and traveling to compete as two separate things. We'll look at traveling to train first. Um, so anytime we are doing a, a training trip, obviously we start with our packing. We start with our planning, of course, um, but with your planning, and this is, I think, really important. Um, I told you guys about a trip that Bryce and I went on last week, and we were kind of doing every time we compete, every time there's a seminar, every time it's cross training, um, the drive home is always the problem solving, right? Uh, I taught three seminars over the weekend. We did not talk about how those seminars were going until, or we tried not to. Of course, there were some times that we were just excited, right? But we just said, hey, we're not going to dissect what's going on until we're on our way home. We're not going to dissect what's going on until we're on our way home. But then when we did, we said, okay, there are some things that we could have done better, maybe not just in the seminar, maybe in the lead up. For example, uh, we uh, Bryce records for me, does a lot of videography for me, and we didn't bring backup batteries for our camera. Huge mistake. We should have done more of that. We could have gotten more footage. We got a ton of really good stuff, but we could have gotten more footage. Uh, and that was a big mistake. And that is in this beginning part, you're packing. Okay. When you're planning on a trip, make sure to pack for that trip. Make sure to know what the weather is going to be. A lot of times you pack shorts because you're going to California, but you don't realize like, oh, I am very North in California. It's kind of cold here. It's winter. It's freezing outside. And I'm wearing shorts because I've only ever seen all I know about California is from Katy Perry, you know? And so when you are when we're going into tournaments or, or to, to competition, not competition, I always think everything's competition, uh, cross training, uh, just being prepared, having the right things packed, some other things you can think about packing. If you're going to record having, um, having extra batteries, having extra memory cards, having your cameras, of course, if you're not going to record, even if you're going to record, just bring your phone. But 
make sure you have battery for your phone, make sure you have your charger, right? Uh, so many things anymore we do on our phone, but still people that don't travel enough, don't think about bringing a car charger, bringing extra chargers or those battery packs um, for your phone. But you think about it, you could, you can, I mean, you can take a picture of your ID and put it on your phone and use that as your ID. You don't, you literally need to bring nothing but your phone anymore as long as it's charged and you have Google or Apple Pay, um, which everybody does. And so, uh, you know, making sure you have the stuff to, to keep yourself charged. Now let's look at uh, the kind of the intro into you're going to go on a cross training trip. You are, we'll call it landing. Um, whether you drove or you flew, I don't think of it much differently. Uh, obviously, you just have a little less control when you fly. But uh, uh, regardless, when I am on a travel day, one of my first things, especially now, I just I find this more important now, land early. Uh, I don't care if I leave seconds after my last match at a tournament, I have to go make a flight. But when it's about getting there, I want to be there early. Okay. Because when we are on a jujitsu training trip, especially um, competitions are more one and done, but training trips, usually you're going to do three, four, five sessions in a weekend, and you might not even be used to that. So how are you going to do it? You've got to put Obviously, your training is your number one thing, but your recovery is your number two, okay? So no matter what, we are optimizing for training. The goal is to get good training each time because the goal is to get better, right? Maybe the goal is uh, a little more mental. Maybe it is, hey, this guy that beat me in a tournament just invited me to come train with him. I want to show up and I want to I try to train with this guy. I'm going to try to mentally test myself at his gym with his team, and I'm going to test myself mentally. Maybe that's your goal. Regardless, the training is coming first, right? As soon as you are done with first training session, you've got to go back into recovery mode, okay? Notice I said back into recovery mode. Let's talk about our landing. So we pull up Let's say if we're doing training at six, the latest I would like to land and be checked into our hotel would be like four. Uh, Four is a really good time because as soon as you get there, you can do whatever your active recovery that you like is, whether that is stretch, whether that is go for a walk, whether that is roll out. For me lately, it has been rolling out. And the reason it has been is because the more jujitsu guys I am around, the more I realize that everybody rolls out. It is crazy. You just don't go to a jujitsu school without foam rollers um, on sitting right next to the mats. And so everybody does this. For me, as soon as I land anymore, I, uh, especially because you're sitting the whole time, right? I go hips, low back, and then I will take a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a checklist of my body and say, is there anything else that needs rolled out my neck? My, you know, I mean, I usually don't just bring a foam roller. I usually will bring, I've told you guys about these before called a rubs ball, R-U-B-Z. It is just a small ball that actually doesn't roll out from under you. If you try to lay on it, it's kind of got some like soft spikes on it to keep it from rolling around. Uh, you can do your palms, you can do your feet, you can do parts of your back, you can lay on it, you can do your QL, you can do so many different things with um, one of these balls. Uh, in, in like, if I'm traveling, I don't have a travel um, uh, 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 like foam, foam roller. Mark Vives does. It's awesome. It flattens, uh, it flattens out. They're like 70 bucks, kind of expensive, right? It's probably worth it. I should probably get one. 
while I'm telling you guys about travel. But anyway, small uh, rubs ball. If you that's all you can afford, it's like five or six bucks, and you can pretty much use this for anything. Um, something like maybe your hip flexor or something like that. It almost is a little too small. You might need to get the bigger version of it. Um, but most everything you can use the small version and. I mean, it's just a perfect rollout tool, um, but doing that, getting your blood flowing, getting your movement back, and then it's time for your first training session. Okay. So Hey guys, Josh McKinney here, just interrupting really quick to tell you guys about something really exciting that we have going on at simplifyingjujitsu.com. And it is my free ebook, The Three Lenses. So there are three ways that you can look at jujitsu to progress at jujitsu, uh, to get better. You can look as an athlete, a scientist, or an artist. What The Three Lenses book does is it shows you how each of the three learn. And you're able to steal ideas that you like from an artist, even though you were a scientist, or steal a routine that you like as an artist that you steal from the athletes. Uh, you're able to combine and make your own jujitsu, make your own jujitsu training what you want it to be to accomplish any goal that you want to accomplish. There's also a lot of definition in this uh, ebook, a lot of words that you're going to be able to use on the mats or hear on the mats and actually understand uh, because we give you that simple definition at the end of the book uh, where we just look at all the types of training, uh, all the different thoughts, all the different pitfalls that you might fall in as a jiu-jitsu athlete or a jiu-jitsu practitioner or a jiu-jitsu artist, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, but again, this is only at simplifyingjujitsu.com and it is absolutely free. So be sure to check out the three lenses. Let's get back to the episode. Here is really, 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 really important. First thing I've told you guys that is this important. Um, and this is whether we are traveling to train or traveling to compete. And we'll talk about competing in a little bit. But your mindset to this training is the most important thing. It is going to be the decision on whether you have good training, whether you have bad training, um, or whether you have good, great training, or whether you just have good training, right? Uh, a lot of places you go, no matter what, you're going to have great, good training, right? Um, but your mindset will deter you from having great training. Uh, I see it all the time. I see people, they will make excuses in rounds. They'll say, oh, well, this guy, I'm really, I'm really beat up from travel. And they'll say it and they will give themselves an out as soon as the round starts. Okay. Uh, if you go train somewhere really high level, you won't see anyone who wins, like wins at a high level, do that. You just won't. You will not see anybody who wins make an excuse pre round. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're tired. It doesn't matter if your your hips hurt. If you're you were up all night last night. If you whatever. Those things don't matter. Nobody cares when you slap bump. The only thing that matters is that moment. That's why we love jujitsu. For the next five minutes, my phone could be ringing off the hook. But guess what? It's on vibrate. It doesn't matter. You know the gym. My gym could be burning down. But for the next five minutes, the only thing that matters is me doing jujitsu to you, 
doing jujitsu on you, doing jujitsu against you. That is it. But when we let other thoughts creep in, when we let the fact that we normally don't train twice a day and it's our second training session and we're tired and we go, man, I just, you know, I don't usually train twice a day. This guy is a higher belt than me. This guy is whatever. Okay. So now let's look at uh, from this point, we'll look at my opinion on cross training. And I'm going to give some different details that aren't like how to get there. Right. That's kind of all we've been talking about. Um, and so first off, when you are done with a training session, your next, since we are optimizing for training, your next thought when you leave should be, how do we get ready for the next training session? Is it ice? Is it hot tub? Is it rolling out? Is it electrolytes? Is it all of those things? Is it Advil? Is it, there are so many things, right? Is it CBD? Is it, what is it that you need? to get to the next training session and to be as ready as possible. It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. Once you get there, you're training, you're fighting once you're there. But the goal is to get there in the best shape possible, because then maybe you have another good training session. And then by the nighttime, the night class, the next night class, you're going, okay, I know I only am recovered to about 60%, but no one else optimized for recovery. No one else cared. And so everyone else at this training session, this training camp, they're at 20% right now. And again, I can, I can fill that last 40% with mental toughness. I can be at hundred percent right now. And you know, you're positive. You go in with the right mindset and you get your hard training. Okay. Now let's look at why you would even need to do this. Cross training creates something that you can usually only get through competition. And that is this idea of grappling somebody with no real knowledge of what they're going to try, what they're going to do. If I grapple with the same guy a hundred times at my gym, even if he beats me every time, I have a general idea of what's, what he's trying to do, what he is going to do. Real jujitsu though is done live. Real jujitsu is done on the fly. And that is like, we talk about skills in jujitsu, the skill of being able to adjust mid round. This is one of the most important skills in jujitsu. Uh, I know that sounds nuts. Uh, really adjusting mid round is, is an important skill. Watch Leandro Lowe. He's probably the best at this skill. He goes out every match and does his little jump around and every match is totally different. He maybe hits the same three moves though, but he does them in a way that are different. He will time his knee cut. He will time how long he keeps you in close guard. He will time his blast double. Everything is just about how do I perform in this moment to win this match? And that's a skill. That is a very hard thought process to get into and it's a very hard thought process to master, especially. And so what we have to do, what we have to make sure that we're doing when we're going on these cross training trips is getting that out of our training, getting that fear out of our training that I don't know what this person is going to do. And I won't know until we slap bump and I'm going to have to be in the moment. I'm going to have to be engaged in whatever. doesn't matter how many stripes this person has. None of this stuff matters. It's not a competition. I'm just here to get better. But you test that skill 
when you get to cross train. And sometimes these, these cross training trips, like for instance, uh, uh, Bryce came with me. I think Bryce, we got three training sessions, four training sessions in, but then a ton of seminars and everything was about jujitsu and it was about recovery. It was about training hard. And Bryce came back probably like 20% better, literally from this training trip. Right. It just, you know, we talk about the three lenses and how important the, the, it is to have multiple perspectives in jujitsu. When you go and live the jujitsu nomad lifestyle for even a couple of days, it is a new perspective of jujitsu because you're having to look at your jujitsu differently than you ever have before. Uh, and you're, you're just forced to. Everybody's doing playing a guard that you don't play and nobody plays it at your gym. You've got to look at jujitsu differently. Everybody's a little meaner here. You've got to look at jujitsu differently. Man, everyone's got, no one is as good as me, but everybody has better cardio than I do. You got to look at jujitsu differently, right? Um, when we get to go to these training trips, one of the biggest things that happens to us is we get um, we get a ton of perspective in a really short period of time. And then just so you guys know how to decompress from it. We talked about the drive home. Um, actually last thing I had in my notes before I move on is just make sure you try to keep your same routine. If you, for me, I intermittent fast. So when I'm doing a bunch of jujitsu training like this, um, at a, you know, when I'm being a jujitsu nomad, I intermittent fast. I roll out pretty much every day. When I'm being a jujitsu nomad, I roll out. I try to do the same things. A lot of times just keeping that routine is really important. And again, I'll say this twice because I did just say it quickly. Getting exercise right when you land, probably out of anything I've said besides mindset, is the most important thing. Getting some movement, a walk, a jog, a, you know, a few laps in a pool, whatever, getting movement, getting the, what we call the itis out of your body, right? Sometimes you just get the itis in your body after traveling all day and you're beat up, you're sore, your neck is tight. And so what you decide to do is you sit in the hot tub for a little bit. You just stretch a little and guess what? You're ready for that first training session now. And if you don't do that, maybe you tweak your neck. You know, you, you're not paying attention. You tweak your neck a little, and now all of your training kind of sucks for the weekend, right? So making sure, you know, whatever you want to call it, making sure you're sharpening the physical saw, making sure that you are taken care of, that you are healthy. That is the biggest, the most important thing on a jujitsu training trip is making sure that you are going to be healthy. Um, and now let's look at competition. And um, there are some things that I'm going to add for the competition part that are, you could do not just in competition, you could just do on a training trip. Um, but we're going to look at competition as a competitor. Uh, and then maybe I'll throw in a few things as just someone traveling with competitors. Uh, so again, your prep, your packing, making sure you have your gi, your belt, your no gi stuff, whatever you're supposed to have. Um, your electrolytes. Electrolytes always seem so much easier to buy in bulk at home. They are so expensive on the road. I buy a Gatorade and it's like $4 in places. And, uh, and it's pretty much just sugar anyway. <laughs> you know, like, and so like getting a box of liquid IV, literally that one purchase, also expensive, but that one purchase 
will can make such a difference in a training trip or a a competition. You know, having some salt the day of a competition when you're not eating at all and you just need something to keep you hydrated a little bit. Uh, usually, when we compete, we're just like all constantly peeing because of nervousness. And so, uh, having electrolytes, man, making sure I like liquid IV. I like the, the, the I think they're called noon or non in you you in. Um, those are good too. Uh, I like both, but I feel like liquid IV has more of the good stuff in it. it. Tastes like you're drinking salt water when you put it in a 16 ounce, uh, cup. I usually do like, I usually drink gallons of water and I usually put the liquid IV when I have a half gallon left, uh, because usually the first half gallon is through the training session. And then the last half gallon is recovery. Uh, but making sure you have those things, making sure you have your headphones for competition, your hoodie. Um, having a little bit of an oversized hoodie, one of the most important things. I know it's crazy. I've competed without one. I left one for, I think it was respect for, and it was in Kansas city. And I, uh, um, I think both Sam, Nick Sanders and I both forgot them. It probably was hot outside. So we didn't think to bring a hoodie. It was like 60 degrees in the venue and 60 degrees is not that cold. Um, obviously 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it's not that cold. But when you're trying to perform 60 degrees and you have just a, you know, a gi top and pants on no rash guard underneath or anything, you're going to be freezing. And so I just spent like $50 on a hoodie um, for a company that I was sponsored by at the time. Uh, but I wasn't able to pull my sponsorship because they were like a wholesaler for the company. And um, uh, yeah, I had to spend like $50 on a hoodie was terrible, right? Just a little prep, a little, uh, just making sure you know what you're, you should pack. Even having a list, if you compete a lot, uh, right now I am literally, I am looking at my, uh, um, my list for my podcast. It's probably got 15, 20 points on it, but it's just a checklist of things that I do right before my podcast starts. And I think that Doing things like that, people are always surprised with how important that they are, how uh, helpful these things can be. When I am, when I am um, getting ready to do a podcast, I'm usually thinking about the content. When I'm getting ready for a tournament, I'm usually thinking about the competition. Right? I'm not thinking about do I have my um, my instant coffee that I like to drink? Do I have my whatever, right? Uh, again, keeping the same routine as much as I can while still making weight, that is what I'm going to try to do for, uh, you know, w- when I'm leading up to a tournament. Eventually, I'm going to have Mark Vives on and I'm going to just do an episode all about competition prep and the week of competition and stuff. And he is like one of the best at that stuff. And so I'm not going to get a ton into the week of just besides making sure you're packing the right stuff. But let's say again, it's time to land again, land early. And I think, and this is just personal opinion, not that all of these things aren't, um, I think it is best to pay a little more and travel a little less if you are flying and you are avoiding connecting flights. When you're trying to compete flights can suck the life out of you. It depends on who you are, um, but sometimes they just beat you up so much. Regardless, try to land early. Try to not land day of competition. You know, Try to not pull up at the tournament after a six-hour drive day of competition, if possible. Sometimes you do it. I've done Chicago 
um, which is about five hours for me. And I've done that, like a five hour drive. And I've done that and competed in one double gold and then drove home that night, like left at 4 a.m. and, and um, come home. And other times I've gotten a great night's sleep and lost in the first round. Uh, it's not always going to be the deciding factor, but it is important. Um, so then move immediately. Okay. So once we land, same thing, hot tub, roll out some type of movement, because we're going to have to perform. Usually we got to perform the next morning. Okay. So making sure you get that little bit of movement. Don't over explore. Uh, a lot of times we decide we're going to take a little walk in a new city and we end up walking like 10 miles and our legs are dead for the next day. Don't do that. Uh, limit how much you walk, right? If you're somebody that walks a lot, you can get away with more. But if you're somebody who doesn't, walking a, a mile, uh, if the train is not comfortable, is could kill your legs for, for competing. So just, just get a little bit of movement. Be smart about it. You want to save energy. You just want to gain regain your movement that night. It also helps with mental clarity uh, to get that movement. I think I got that idea from a podcast with... Tim Ferriss and Triple H. I'm pretty sure that that idea of um, Triple H from the WWE, if you guys don't know, um, but uh, if you don't know who Triple H is, just, just, uh, you know, I'm not even going to get into that. But anyway, uh, he talks a lot about traveling to train because pro wrestlers, they, uh, they travel like 230 to 250 days a year. Uh, they're barely home, right? Uh, they're home a hundred days out of the year, which is nuts. And, um, he had some really good thoughts, some really good strategies on recovery, uh, some really good thoughts on just, just general feeling better, man. Uh, and so, uh, you guys should check that if this episode is interesting to you, this, most of what they talk about is pro wrestling business and traveling. And so, uh, what else do I have? Be packed. Okay. Now let's look at the idea of decompressing from these. We'll not say the tournament. Is there anything else we need to mention for the travel portion of a tournament? Hey guys, Josh here. Just want to interrupt really quick and tell you about something really exciting we have going on at simplifyingjujitsu.com. So we just, and when I say we, I mean my father, Black Belt, Steve McKinney, and myself just released our first ever instructional together. It is called How to Learn Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there was a, a pretty big piece of our training where it was just my dad and I. Uh, we were kind of learning Jiu-Jitsu on our own. First, we had to learn how to learn Jiu-Jitsu on our own. And that is what this instructional is about. It is all the different training methods that we've learned, all the ideas, all the conversations, the way we learn to talk to each other, to progress at jujitsu. There is uh, three plus hours of bonus content on this already really cool, aesthetically pre pleasing instructional. Uh, and this bonus content is match breakdowns. It's longer rounds between my dad and I. It's us, uh, me teaching my dad designated winner for the first time, totally uncut, uh, just us conversating and, and doing designated winner as he's trying to uh, master a position from the guard. And so there is so much free content on how to learn jujitsu. This is only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. The link is going to be in the description. Uh, be sure to check out and get your copy of how to learn jujitsu only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Let's get back to the episode. 
uh, oh yeah, this is actually nice. Um, know the area that you're going to. I said, know the weather, uh, but know the area. Cause there, if you're there for a week, regardless of if it's a tournament, you probably are still going to want to train or be on a mat a little bit. And so see if you know anybody in the area. A lot of times you'd be surprised. A lot of times you forget, oh, I met this guy at this tournament and I guess he lives in this town and you message him and they're like, yeah, come train. We'd love to have you. And so, um, you know, kind of know your area pretty well, know how close you are to the food that you want to eat the night before the tournament. Uh, so often we land at 8 PM and then decide to figure out what to eat. And you end up eating really a little later than you normally do a little saltier than you wanted to eat and your weights thrown off for the next morning or something like that. So just be prepped, right? Say, I know exactly where we're going to go. Uh, you know, we have reservations for it already. Something along those lines, um, I know I'm talking to jujitsu people that are like me and probably aren't the best planners in the world, but, uh, the more you, the more you, uh, uh, the more you experiment with this, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. I am a terrible planner, but I've gotten so much better just out of necessity, just out of being tired of forgetting my underwear at home. Right. I'm like, oh, well, I need a list of things that I need to be packing and um, a bag that's three quarters of the way packed, too. That's super helpful to have. If you travel, uh, if you travel a lot, just having an already packed, ready to go bag is so nice. It's so easy. I looked over at mine as I said it. Um, it is so nice. And you can do this with you know, with any of your stuff, if you're uh, if you're traveling for jujitsu videography or something like that, you have your already packed bag of chargers and all those things. And all you need is your camera. Uh, and so you, you know, stay packed, stay ready to travel. And then uh, let's look at some benefits. Let's look at the ride home. And then we'll look at some extra benefits of just traveling to compete or traveling to train. And uh, just kind of how I like to think of myself when I do it um, and, and maybe help you guys with a little more mindset. So on the drive home, whether you competed, whether you are, um, whether it was cross training, you're driving home, hopefully you're not driving home by yourself. Hopefully you understand the importance in having a gang, uh, having a crew. I think that that is like, if I get invited to cross train somewhere, if it's somewhere I'm comfortable, I don't worry about having my team. I don't have to, I want my guys to come always. Um, but I don't worry about it. Now, if I ever feel like, hey, I think that these guys are trying to prove a point. I think these guys are inviting. They're going to try to bring the rain on me. I have one of my guys come with me or two of my guys come with me. Uh, just so much easier to travel in a, in a, on a team. Uh, you just mentally, you can say, hey, well, we're on our team here. We've got our team. And even if that means you've got to create your own team. When we were in Vegas, um, uh, my student Dylan and I hung out with um, Andrew Ebers, who's mop is everyone knows him in St. Louis. Uh, he's Sean Woodson's coach uh, because he's from St. Louis from the same area. And he's also a super cool guy. Um, but we hung out with him and one of his students for most of the weekend. Um, we found a team right? We know this guy pretty well. Like as soon as I land, I, I start talking to him. I start talking to Chewy. I start talking to the guys I know from the Midwest that are at this tournament that are my team, right? We would compete against each other if it was a St. Louis tournament. Uh, you know, if there was a close call, me and me and Mop, we would be cussing each other out and, and whatnot. But hey, when we're out, when we're out and it's just us, we're the only St. Louis boys. 
we got to stick together, right? I'm just joking. Me and Mop would never do that. I love Mop. Uh, but uh, uh, he's also one of the people going to be on the show soon. Uh, man, I can't wait for this in-person mic, these in-person mics to come in. That's going to be great. Uh, but yeah, that is most of, oh yeah. So you have a team. You're talking to your team post training, post whatever generate as many good questions as you can about the about the situation that just happened. Don't obsess. A lot of times you want to obsess about this one freaking guy did this and blah, 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 right? And we always want to obsess about that. And sometimes that's good. But usually, um, the more variety of questions, the more variety of perspectives you can create after one of these events, because so many things just happened, most of which you don't even remember, uh, you start to say, hey, um, Maybe specific stuff. This guy was was killing me on the pant leg. What do you, what should I have done? Maybe we get to the bottom of it. Maybe we don't. Maybe we just write it down. Okay, when we get to the gym, we'll work on that pant leg grip. Or you leave and you say, man, maybe you know we kind of do a mindset check. Hey, how was everybody's mindset? Was everybody mentally strong at this tournament or at this seminar? Uh, was everybody mentally strong here? W- whatever, right? Do we all go do our job? If we didn't, let's talk about it. Why didn't we? Maybe one of the guys said, I just didn't perform well. We say, well, what was your self-talk? You know, and he tells us and we're, we're all like, oh, maybe, maybe you should try t- talking this way or thinking this way. This is what helps me, right? These post tournament or cross training travel um, conversations, I think are some of the most important. You learn so much about jujitsu in conversation so often, you know, like, so, okay, perfect example. If you think that you have learned from the I suck at jujitsu show, what that means is it has shaped some of the way that you think about jujitsu, that you approach jujitsu. That is the only way that this podcast can really help you. For example, when I say, what's your favorite submission? So for like one to three seconds there, I controlled everybody who is listening and paying attention to the show's thought process for like one second. Obviously, uh, I could go somewhere with this. Now I could say, okay, now take your first submission and, and think this about it, whatever, right? But for one second, I uh, just controlled your thoughts. It was a question, right? Um, but I made you say, okay, this is my favorite submission. And then we could go from there and say, okay, uh, why don't you hit it more? Simply that question. That could probably be a big, well, I, it's a triangle and I usually hit it from spider guard, but I don't play in a lot of spider guard. Maybe you should, maybe you should play more, right? Uh, something that simple. It's just an adjustment of how you are thinking about jujitsu. I am never making you better on the show ever. All I'm doing is helping you understand a little bit differently. And uh, when we do this at a tournament or we leave a tournament or a cross training, we leave some type of high stress jujitsu situation. We generate all these questions and all these different perspectives. And by talking about them with our group, a lot of times we start to find a common language with what we just experienced, or um, we can problem solve some things. We can say, hey, we should have brought in a cooler. You know, my body is beat up and I could have iced a lot more if we would just bought in, bought a $15 cooler from wherever, from Walmart, we would have been in better shape. Next time we got to do that, right? How much better at jujitsu are you now? Because you just made that one little decision and 
when you go to train at the next gym, you are a little more recovered. You feel a little bit better. You're going to get better training. And so that is how I want you guys to think about the ride home. Now let's just look at some random benefits to this high stress situation on jujitsu training. Okay. Um, jujitsu training or, or competition. So, um, there's always this question, can you be good at jujitsu without practicing it? Like, can somebody, you know, well, John Danaher doesn't practice jujitsu. He just knows, he just teaches, right? And he's so good. But John Danaher also practiced for 20 years. No, you cannot be good at jujitsu and not practice it. Now, different question. Can you understand jujitsu and not practice it? Well, that's a little bit trickier. I think you probably could. You could have a lot of deep understandings of jujitsu because there are a lot of people that practice jujitsu and don't have any understanding of jujitsu. There are a lot of people that are actually good at jujitsu that don't have very good understanding of what is happening. They can just do things by feel, right? But as somebody who's an outsider, maybe you have a terrible injury and you just cannot train. You could definitely still understand. You could understand what's going on, maybe even from a different perspective. Uh, I do. I think what I ever learned from a coach who's never, who doesn't get to train, probably not. Um, but uh, um, obviously, if it was Dan or her, someone like that, of course. Um, but if like somebody who has never really trained or trained just for a couple of years and then just learned outside of that, I doubt I would, right? Because there are certain parts of jujitsu that are only experienceable. Uh, for example, it's something I notice about my friend Junior. He's really good at understanding this, uh, much better than I've ever understood it. Uh, I've learned a lot from him with it. He cares more about putting his guys in specific situations than he does about what he says to them um, and like how he teaches them. Cares more about the specific situation that he puts them in. He would rather put you in competition than tell you what competition is going to be like. Most of the time we learn through our experiences. Now you experience it and then you get to deal with somebody high level and you get to talk through their experience of it. Sometimes that's one of the most beneficial things, but still let's say you just go into competing for the first time. You don't know anything about it besides how to travel and compete. And you just go wing it. You just go send it regardless of if you win or not your experience. You are going to learn from that experience. If you let it, if you let yourself, um, that experience could even change your life if you let it. So sometimes we have to think experience and not just logic, not just, well, I should train at these three gyms because um, this gym has the best guard passing. This gym has the best guards. This gym has the best wrestling. I'll train at these three. I'll go cross train at these three gyms when I go to Chicago. Great idea. But also what gym scares you to go to? Because there are these intangible things that we have to get good at if we want to be a legitimately good black belt, uh, like being able to perform. I think that that is, I think a lot of black belts struggle with performance and anxiety, but I think that that is one of the most important things that we need to be focused on if we're a black belt. Well, that doesn't mean that we have to go compete. I just mean, even in the gym, 
with my tough blue belt. If I'm exhausted, is he going to beat me? Do I even know jujitsu? You know, obviously there are there, you know, obviously could just be physically um, dominant that those things happen, but I want to know jujitsu well enough that I can feel absolutely terrible and at least have enough control over the situation that nobody can submit me or nobody can whatever, you know, or I can still score on almost anybody um, when I feel this way. Right. Uh, And that is easiest worked in a really high stress situation in competition or in cross training, where maybe you don't feel the most welcome. That is how I think that you should be training. That is how I think you should be, or or why I think you should be cross training, not how Um, this isn't something you should do all the time. Um, But maybe even once every three months, once a year, even something that scares you that you have to perform jujitsu because when somebody uh, tries to fight you or hurt your family, and you are now in a self-defense situation. If you've never trained jujitsu at truly high stress, I think you would still be better off than somebody who's never trained jujitsu. But if the guys that know how to compete, the guys that know how to go into a gym where nobody's friendly and perform, whether they win or not, those are the guys that in a self-defense situation are going to perform the best. Uh, to think it is just about the list of techniques that you know in a fight. It's not, we don't know what's coming in a fight. All we know is if I can perform at hundred percent and I am decent at jujitsu, I'm going to thrash almost anybody. You know, I'm going to beat almost anybody to death, but I can only get that way. I can only train and compete at hundred percent. If I know how, if I know how to perform in those high stress situations, the competitions, the cross training, unfriendly environments, uh, And of course, you try to be safe with these environments as much as you can. Um, But being tough in that unfriendly environment, it will change how you it can it'll change how you even perform in the gym. When you're going with somebody who's a black belt that you know is going to beat you, you stop being afraid. You stop going, well, I better not try anything. You go, hey, I went and fought a black belt in Kentucky the other day who I never met before. And he brought the heat on me and I didn't die. I'm tougher than that. You know, you're not going to kill me. I'm going to, I'm going to fight. I'm going to go as hard as I can against you or or whatever. You know, I'm going to try to win. And so I'm going to blitz and prevent, and I'm going to beat you because Josh McKinney told me on, uh, episode 101, wait, was it, I think it's episode 111 and 112. Those are the two pacing episodes, but yeah, you want to beat a black belt and you're a blue belt. Listen to those. Uh, but yeah, that is, I think all I have for you guys, I've got to get ready and and go travel to Chicago and go fight some of my friends. And uh, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys, I hope you guys like this one. Uh, Let's send it over to Josh to close out the episode. And that is the episode. Thank you guys for listening to this one today. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I I always will be like, oh, yeah, this is a random episode. Every episode is so random on the show anymore because it seems like there's such a variety of people that listen. Um, It seems like a third of the people listen regardless. uh, And then a third of the people listen to a certain episode on a certain thing. And then the other third listens to a certain episode on a certain thing. Right. Uh, So I always try to make sure that we are getting wide variety. I thought today, um, you know, we've done so much on jujitsu focus and training and uh, progression i thought just that some ideas on travel might be fun and uh i wanted to leave you guys with this if you've never done jujitsu travel you absolutely should try it uh 
man, you should try it in St. Louis. It's got an international airport. It's cheap. You could train at my, come train at my school. There are a few others in the area that are super duper tough. Uh, I know a lot of people love Daisy Fresh. They're an hour and a half away. You know, come to St. Louis and train. Uh, you know, there's so many places you could come and get better training at and uh, just get tested at. And so, um, yeah, come on a Sunday to head not HQ and we'll try to kill you. It'll, it'll be fun. We'll all talk after. It'll be a blast. Um, but that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys like this one. Hope you guys, hopefully it's helpful for some people. Again, I said, if you wanted to know more about travel, I really think I learned a lot of this stuff through um, an episode of the Tim Ferriss Show with uh, Triple H. It's an older episode. So you might even have to Google it. You might not even just be able to find it on the uh, um like on Spotify or something like that. Uh, but that is all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope that this was helpful for you. Hope you travel and come and visit me. And you tell me once you visit about the five-star review that you gave me on the show. And uh, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And I hope this episode helps you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys. Hey guys, Josh here again. I notice that the podcast is over, but you are still listening. So you might still be in search of some really good free content that the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show provides. So if that is the case, if you guys are looking for uh, some solo episodes where you can learn more about efficiency and effectiveness in Jiu-Jitsu, I would highly recommend two episodes. The first is episode 111, and that is on blitzing. It's this idea of pacing that most people even black belts don't think about and then episode 129 is on designated winner it is this new training concept uh that we have been doing at my team we've been talking about a lot on the i suck at jiu-jitsu show i've actually been traveling the country and teaching this training method and so as we continue to grow the show i think that is going to be the episode that i push most people to it's episode 129 designated winner learning to master the flow this is kind of the missing piece between drilling and flowing and positional sparring. Uh, you kind of get to combine all three of those things with designated winner and get the effects of all three of those things with designated winner. Uh, also, if you guys are interested, if you're looking for some uh, more deep dives into specific things in jujitsu, you can always go to simplifyingjujitsu.com where I have all of my instructionals, uh, all of my dad's instructionals, and actually a few from my coach, Kyle Watson, my friend, Nick Sanders, uh, John Prine, really some amazing black belts instructing you at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Also at simplifyingjujitsu.com, I have a free ebook for you guys. It is called The Three Lenses. It is the three lenses that people look through to learn jujitsu. Most of us only ever see or learn from one of the lenses. And simply by adding the extra perspective of the other two, you will triple how quickly you get good at jujitsu, especially how well you understand jujitsu. And that is what this free ebook really provides is a very good a way for you to understand the language, understand what's happening, understanding why you are getting better, or more importantly, why you're not getting better. And you can use this free ebook and it will help you diagram what you want to uh, getting to the goals you want to get to and so that is all i have for you guys make sure to check out designated winner make sure to check out uh 
make sure to check out everything that I have at simplifyingjujitsu.com, whether it is free or it is paid. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Josh McKinney. If you ever have any questions or comments, or you want to send a suggestion for a suck less Saturday episode, you can email me josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Uh, I read all those emails. Sometimes they get repetitive. So I combine five or six emails to be a suck less Saturday episode. Um, but keep those emails coming so I can keep producing great jujitsu content and I can keep hearing from the people who actually enjoy the show and want to keep hearing the jujitsu content that I produce. Have a great day, guys. I hope this last little few minute clip helps you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day.